You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 206 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, I have a crossover with Locked On Angels host, Brent McGuire. Uh, We talked about the Angels on this one. We actually recorded back-to-back episodes where uh, the first part we talked about uh, the A's on his podcast, and then we talked about the Angels for this podcast. So if you want to know what I have to say, you can go check out Locked On Angels. It'll probably be dropping uh, Monday morning. Uh, Check it out over there. But uh, on this episode, we are talking about the Los Angeles Angels, no longer of Anaheim, even though they're in Anaheim. It's confusing. I don't know. Um, So I asked him a lot about Shohei Otani. Is he going to be pitching? I'd like to see him pitch, but is that still on the cards for Shohei? I don't know. Well, I do now because we already recorded it. Um, But you will know shortly because you do not know yet. So here we go. Um, Also, we talked about the the moves that the Angels have made and uh, whether or not they're good now. Are they going to be competing for the AL West? What does Brent think? I have been saying that they're probably decent and like a move away, but what does he think? We'll find out. Who does he put atop the AL West? Um, you're going to hate his answer, but uh, yeah, you can follow him at Brent McGuire 94 on Twitter and just let him hear about why his pick is bad. Um, don't do that. He's a very nice guy and we went to the same college, so don't, don't do that. Um, we also talk about, uh, some Mickey Calloway rumors of badness, Trevor Bauer rumors. Is he ending up with the angels? All that stuff. Um, lots of good stuff that we got into. Brent's a very nice guy. Really enjoyed having this conversation with him. Uh, hopefully we do this a little bit more once the season starts so that we can get our daily or you know, maybe not daily, but weekly fixes on Franklin Barreto news. I also asked him about Franklin Barreto. So, uh, there's something to look forward to there. But before I send it into the interview, I do want to update you guys real quick on some news that dropped on Sunday. And that is uh, Tim Brown of Yahoo Sports is saying that, uh, the league is offering a shortened season of 154 games that starts a month later, goes into November with the playoffs and also expanded playoffs. Um, that it doesn't seem like the players want to do that. So, uh, we don't know what's going on yet, but at the very least we're getting baseball, uh, started up in just a couple of weeks with spring training. Uh, at the very worst, we're probably getting it in a, like a month and a half. So, uh, that's basically the timeline right now. There's stuff on it on ESPN, Yahoo, the athletic, all those places have different stories that all basically say the same thing. So, uh, if you got a subscription to one of those, go to that one. If not go to the free one, Uh, They all are basically the same right now. So uh, that's it for that. But before I send it to the interview, I want to tell you guys a little bit about our sponsors. First up, if you are ready for some football, then there is one place that has you covered and one place that we trust for. Can we say Super Bowl on this? I don't know. They haven't told me the big game, but there is one place that has you covered for the big game. And that is one place that we trust. It's betonline.ag, you guys. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKED on for a 50% welcome bonus. Currently, they have the line on the Super Bowl at minus three for the Kansas City Chiefs. That means that the Buccaneers are getting plus three. 
They've got the over-under at 56, and then they've also got a bunch of in-game bets for you as well. So if you wanted to put some money on the big game, all you got to do is go to betonline.ag and get off the sidelines and get into the action. And don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode is also brought to you guys by the best tasting protein bar ever, and that is Built Bar, my friends. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser than the previous iteration. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They have six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They still have their original 12 flavors like mint brownie, banana bread, double chocolate, and orange. (laughs) Their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They are protein bars that taste like candy bars, and all of their bars are built for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And all of their bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. So all you got to do to get your hands on some of these delicious treats is go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON, that is one word, LOCKEDON, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And finally, we are covering everything you need to know about the A's here, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. This is a brand new podcast hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts, and uh, leave a rating and a review. Why not? Get them up those charts, you guys. So that is it for the ad reads, but uh, if you guys like the podcast, you've listened to it before, or you keep this in, in your mind for a little bit later after you listen to the podcast, leave us a rating or review, if you do, please, at Locked On A's uh, on Apple Pods or wherever they allow that. Also, subscribe to the podcast wherever you like getting podcasts. doesn't matter to me, as long as you subscribe. Um, but that's it for the intro to the interview, which is coming your way uh, right now. So enjoy my interview with Brent McGuire. Very nice guy. Do not troll him on social media. He seems rational. So uh, I, I really enjoy talking to him. Here's my talk with Brent McGuire talking about the Angels. If you want to hear my take on the A's, um, then go ahead and listen to his podcast from uh, Monday morning. So uh, that's it. Here's the conversation. And then uh, I'll just play music at the end of this. And uh, that'll be at the end of the episode. So uh, you won't hear this voice until next time. So until then, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks and I will talk at you guys soon. And also here's the rest of the podcast that you're listening to. All right, I am joined by Brent McGuire of Locked On Angels. We're going to go over some Angels news right here. We just recorded the part where uh, I told him all about the A's and uh, their misfortunes and (laughs) all of that fun stuff. Uh, On this part, we are talking about the Angels and uh, their good fortune, question mark? I don't know yet. We haven't gotten into it. So, uh, Brent, how are you doing? Doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm doing very well. Thank you for coming on. Um, I have lots of questions for you. Some of them are fun because uh, your team's doing stuff. And uh, we'll see how you feel about the Angels going against the A's and Astros uh, this year. And also the rest of the season, I guess. Um, so it'll be fun. Um, I have to start off, though, by asking the most important question as it concerns the Angels. And that is, what is Franklin Barreto's role on the Angels going to be in 2021? I figured this would be at the top of the list for obvious reasons. Um, it's funny. So he's out of options. So he has to be on the roster, but I don't know if there's really necessarily a spot for him right now. They've got Luis Renjifo, who is probably a 
better player, but I, I don't know. I have not really paid much attention to any rumors regarding Barreto recently. I wouldn't be surprised if he was tried to pass through waivers at some point coming up soon, but uh, we'll see. I, I want to think that that trade's going to be beneficial for the Angels, but I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. Do I know a lot about Luis Renjifo? No. Is he better than Franklin Barreto? Probably yes. <laughs> Which isn't really saying that much. Barreto <laughs> strikes out a lot, and he's done so for a handful of seasons now. So much. And, and he got injured at the end of the season, right? Yes. Is he doing okay? It's, it's hard to tell. I Again, I haven't followed much of the Franklin Barreto news this offseason. <laughs> I've been more concerned with the Angels adding some pitching to a really bad pitching staff. You got to get those alerts set up, man. I, I'll, I'm going to do that right after this. Make sure I set up just specifically for Franklin Barreto. Also, you mentioned him being out of uh, out of options. Uh, welcome to the A's problem. Super fun. Uh, every year, like uh, he's running out of options. They got to give him a shot at some point, see if he's got it. And then he didn't. And I mean, we got a month of time with Estella and that was fun. And now everybody misses him so, so much. Yeah. And actually we were just talking about it on your podcast uh, about how the A's don't spend money and all that stuff. And the A's not being able to afford Tommy Estella for three years and like 18 and a half, 19 and a half, whatever he got from the Giants. That's disheartening. Uh, it, Semyon's gone. Okay. At $18 million, sure. You you could have gotten Tommy LaStella and figured some stuff out on that regard. And I just don't know why they didn't do that. But anyways, let's move on. I'm going to I'm gonna go. I'm not even going with the Otani stuff yet. I'm going to go with Jared Walsh. Are you buying into his, uh, his surge last year? He hit a bunch of home runs. It looked really good. He was a nice fantasy player for a bunch of people. Uh, is he for real, question mark? My cop-out answer is I think there's something in the middle. I am buying him as a legit like starting option at the position. It remains to be seen how good he's actually going to be in a full season, but the dude hit the ball really hard. He had a 450-foot home run this past year. His strikeout rate, very low, and played some pretty good defense at first base. It's always hard to tell with these guys. This guy was a 39th-round draft pick, wasn't much of a prospect, was kind of a two-way player his first season in 2019. And then for a month last year, just hit the absolute crap out of the ball. So it's hard to tell. He's going to regress a little bit, but I'm actually buying him as a useful everyday option next year. Would he be platooning with a uh, pool holes or how would that go? It, so he played a decent amount against lefties and was generally fine against them. At this point, pool holes really needs to be DHing most times. Uh, his defense is just not quite the same anymore. But yeah, I'm actually curious to see what happens in that regard. They've been so focused on pitching that there hasn't there haven't been many reports about any other options at first base. So I assume that Walsh is like the everyday guy at this point. I mean, I I kind of want to see it happen. I, I think it'd be interesting at the very least, especially after that nice month that he had. But you've seen guys like uh, who was it? Jesus Aguilar had a really good month uh, a couple of years ago. Um, I, I only remember his nickname right now, God, who was also on the Brewers, uh, came over from Korea. He had a really good couple of months, maybe a month. Uh, Yandy Diaz had a good month. He's actually a decent player. Um, there was somebody on the Reds a couple of years ago. Uh, he didn't put it together. So there, it can go either way, but I guess I'm pulling for him just as a baseball fan. I, I like seeing guys succeed. So uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it 
it's kind of fun because Walsh is playing right next to David Fletcher, who's also, he was definitely a more highly regarded prospect, but kind of the similar role that was kind of underrated in prospect circles. And the fact that they're playing next to each other is, it's kind of cool. They're success stories for a franchise that has really struggled to kind of create those good, fun draft stories recently. Yeah. I mean, who who was their last one? Like Mike Trout? Uh, he's panned out okay, I guess. Yeah, he's he, he's fine. <laughs> uh, one guy that they actually signed a few years ago, and that's Shohei Otani. He struggled at the bat a little bit, and he did not pitch. What did he pitch, like two games last year, three games? Yep. Um, is he going to be pitching this year? He's still in Fangraph's roster resource uh, depth chart, and I, but they got six guys, and they still need better guys, so I don't know what his role is moving forward. Uh what you got on that, Brent? So I talked about this last week with somebody. Um, I am convinced that he's going to be fine as a hitter. I'm not buying too much into last season. It was weird for everybody involved. And Otani was returning from this long stretch of not pitching. So I think there are a lot of factors at play. That being said, on the pitching side of things, it's very difficult to see him becoming a useful big league pitcher at this point, simply because he hasn't pitched that much. Even dating back to his last year in Japan, the guy has not thrown that many innings. And it's very hard for me to imagine that he's somehow going to put together the durability to be like a useful, reliable starting pitcher. I have no doubt that the stuff is there. I mean, we saw that in 2018. I mean, he was dominant in some of his games, but I don't know. I think it's very difficult to imagine him balancing both the hitting thing, the pitching thing. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Cause it was so fun for those couple months in 2018, but I'm, I'm skeptical it's ever going to come together full time for, you know, maybe more than a couple months at a time. If they scrap the pitching, would they have them start going out in the outfield and doing stuff over there? Or would it just be he's the DH in the end? So he played some right field in Japan and by all accounts, he was fine out there. Obviously, the arm strength is there. The speed is there. So that would be the logical move. And I've seen some discussions on Angels Twitter and this kind of stuff about Maybe he plays right field. Maybe he comes out of the bullpen a couple days a week, something weird like that. I feel like the pitching thing is never fully going to go away. I think he's always going to pitch to some extent, but it might be more like mop-up duty or something like that, like the position player coming in in a blowout in the eighth inning or ninth inning, something like that. I would love that. I can't wait for the A's to blow out the Angels every game and then just see Shohei Otani pitch because of it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I was listening to your podcast from last week and – it sounds like Trevor Bauer is out of the running as an Angels person. There's not really a fit there. Uh, he's the best pitcher on the market. He would cost a lot of money, and I know that the Angels like to spend lots of money. Um, after you know Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout, they're making tons of it. Um, so obviously, it doesn't make financial sense necessarily if he's going for the highest average annual value. Did his personality come into that at all? Um, or and if they're not going after him, who's next on the depth chart for them to go after? So this is Trevor Bauer has been the most talked about free agent by Angels fans this whole offseason. I was very skeptical about it ever happening. One, because the contract was going to be too much. If they signed him right now, they would blow way past the luxury tax. The personality thing has bothered me, but I'm also not the one signing them. And I can't imagine that some of his... uh, let's say not great uh, posts in the past on social media. I don't think that's going to stop the club from signing him. 
I do think that the whole relationship with Mickey Calloway definitely comes into play, but I'm also not convinced that a pitching coach would come in the way of the angels signing this really good starting pitcher. So long story short, I don't know. I, I never thought it made sense from the financial aspect. Artie Moreno said that the payroll wasn't going to go down, but he also said it wasn't going to go up and signing Trevor Bauer by himself was basically going to push them past where they were last year. So I think they're probably out on him as far as what's next. I, man, I don't know. I've been pushing for all these different frontline starters. It's like every week there's a new guy I fixate on, whether it's Herman Marquez or Sonny Gray or Luis Castillo. I'm always like, they should go get this guy. They should get this guy. They they should get this guy. But instead we've gotten Jose Quintana and nobody else so far. So I don't know. I'm hoping that they do something coming up soon, but I'm kind of just starting to think that this is kind of the group they're rolling with. Maybe add another decent starter and go from there. I got two questions leading off of that. One is, uh, I think you may have tweeted it and it came up in my feed, but didn't, isn't there some news coming out about Mickey Calloway that's not great from his tenure with the Mets? Could that have an impact? Did, did the Angels plant that so that they could go get Trevor Bauer? Yeah, so that's uh, it's an unsubstantiated report, but I have seen somewhere else that there actually might be some truth to it. So I'm curious to see what happens. It would be quite funny if, you know, Artie Moreno was like, you know what? I want Trevor Bauer. We're going to plant this little this little rumor, or maybe they already knew about it, but they're going to plant this to the public. So it gives them an excuse to fire Callaway. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. That's another story that, unfortunately, it looks like I'm going to have to talk about uh, in the coming weeks. So another fun story for the Angels. What was the, uh, the rumor? I, I didn't see anything about it. I thought that it was like a story that was going to come out. Yeah, so the guy, it looks like Metsmerized, I think is the website. Um, I don't know exactly what the story is about, but it sounds like it's controversial. So we will, I guess we'll see. I don't know if it's substantiated or not. So we'll see. We got to get rid of Mickey Calloway so we can bring in Trevor Bauer, who's squeaky clean. Yeah, right? Oh, no <laughs> issues whatsoever with his past. So... My other question here is that the Angels have made some moves. They brought in a couple of Iglesias's, Iglesias, um, in Rysel, uh to be their closer, I presume, because he's been the Reds' closer. And then Jose Iglesias as their uh, replacement for Angelton Simmons. Then you got Jose Quintana, Kurt Suzuki, very familiar guy for A's fans. And then they lost Angelton Simmons, who signed with the Twins. Uh, how's the roster looking overall? Where, uh, obviously, they could make some uh, additions to the pitching staff, but they've got some guys in the rotation that could make up a decent staff. If everybody stays healthy and kind of performs as they usually do. Uh, What do you see them doing to get better the rest of this winter? So they definitely need another starter. That's for sure. Uh, Again, I don't know if that frontline starter is coming, but I do like Jake Odorizzi a good amount. So that would be a fun free agent target to go after. I still think the bullpen needs some work. It has gotten a lot better. You mentioned the Iglesias edition. That is huge for the Angels. That guy's going to be great at the back end. A position that's not being talked about a lot is corner outfield. Justin Upton has been pretty consistently declining over the last couple of years. And Joe Madden basically said that Joe Adele needs more time in the minors. So they don't really have a right fielder at the moment. And According to like the fan graphs uh, depth charts right now, it's not looking so hot. They're bottom of the league in both of those spots. So I actually think they need an outfielder. My concern is 
all of those like appealing one-year options guys like Jock Peterson, Kyle Schwarber, Eddie Rosario, those guys are off the table. So I don't know where that's going to come from. And that's kind of the same concern I have for the pitching staff. It's like, who are they going to get? So they need help. I still look at this roster right now and it still feels very incomplete, even though they've acquired five MLB players who are definitely going to help. Just feels really underwhelming at this point. I mean, if you want to trade Dylan Bundy for Stephen Piscotty, we're probably down for that. Uh, I know that it would take away from some of your pitching, but um, it would give you an outfielder. So, you know, you, you fix one hole at the very least. Dylan Bundy is at the top of my list for extension candidates. So if he was <laughs> traded, I would be very devastated. But but do you want Stephen Piscotty or no? I mean, yeah, I would take him right now, but for Dylan Bundy, I'm not, oh, not, not, not doing for it. That, that was a joke. But do you want Stephen Piscotty? Because uh, that would free yeah. up some money and then the A's could give it to their owner, I guess. Um, I don't know what they would do with the $7.5 million <laughs> that they freed up. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, I guess more money for the for the billionaire that definitely needs more money. Obviously. Uh, I think that they can win on a $60 million payroll, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're pushing towards uh, what Cleveland is doing and Tampa. I mean, that is, it's, it's rough. We got some not teams great. that are, yeah, well, and it's not good at all. All winter. I've been like, if they spend like 85, I think that they can get somewhere with what they have currently. Obviously you'd want them to spend a little bit more than they have been in recent years, get up to like 120, And then, you know, they'd be a really good contending team at 120, which is nowhere near luxury tax, but uh, they're, they're not doing that by any means. So I will settle for 85, which means sign a couple of guys. Um, that, that's all I want. Being a rumor, maybe. Um, I really have a low bar here in the Bay Area. So um, that's most of my questions. I get that's all of my questions. So I'm going to get you out of here on this one. And that is uh, with what the Angels have currently where do you think that they end up in the division? What's their win total? And uh, do you think that they're going to need those extra um, playoff spots if they become available to uh, make it to the postseason? I have the most boring and just so angels response to this. And I think they're going to finish right around 500 and finish second or third place. That's I, I want to believe it's different, but I'm looking at this roster right now and I just, I'm concerned about the pitching. I'm concerned about the corner outfield spots. And it's a little disappointing because you see what the A's are doing. The Astros lost George Springer. They're not going to have Justin Verlander for this season. And I'm like, this is the opportunity. This is your chance to make that move to put you in that next category. And they just haven't done it so far. So yeah, I'm unfortunately predicting something around 500, maybe a little bit above, which I guess would be a success considering they've been below for the last five seasons. When you said, when you see what the A's are doing, I'm like, they haven't done anything. And then you finish your sentence. I'm like, I see what he's saying now. Okay. <laughs> when you see what um, the A's are not doing would have been more appropriate. Yes. Um, so you said that the Angels would be second or third. Who are they fighting over second place for? And who's first in the division for you? I still think Houston is at the top. I mean, they're clearly not as good as they used to be, but I still see a team that's got some pretty damn good players across the roster. The A's, I, I don't know. I don't want to undersell what they're doing. And they still have Matt Chapman and Matt Olson and Ramon Laureano, a pretty intriguing pitching staff. So 
I think the Angels are slightly worse than the A's as they currently stand, but I'm still not counting out the fact that the Angels could go out and get a big starting pitcher. So that could change a little bit. I think if the Angels got a decent pitcher, maybe even Odorizzi or traded for somebody if they had prospects, if they wanted to trade Joe Adele, go after like Luis Castillo or something, uh, then they could take that division, I think. Uh, the Astros look good on paper, but Jordan Alvarez just missed an entire season at the age of like 23 because of hamstring issues. Um, and sure, he was, it was a two month season, but he was going to miss time before, you know, the extended spring training and all that stuff anyway. So I don't know that you can count on him being healthy. And without him, their offense really takes a dip. And if he is healthy and he's not producing at the levels that he was in 2019, I don't know that they're a great team. Uh, they're, they're beatable is what I'm saying here that they've improved their bullpen a little bit. The rotation's fine, but their offense, especially if, uh, you know, uh, Altuve and Bregman and Springer's already gone, uh, and Correa kind of struggle like they did in the regular season. They might not even be good. They might be like roughly 500. And so, uh, from what I said on your podcast and what you said here, we've got three teams in the AL West battling for 500 and the AL West title. <laughs> It's it's interesting. For a long time, I was thinking the NL Central was going to be the worst division, but then the Cardinals went out and traded for Nolan Arenado. I'm like, okay, maybe they just leapfrogged the Angels in terms of uh, worst divisions in the sport. Like the AL West might be like the Astros winning it with 85 wins, and then just a bunch of mediocrity below that. I mean, if the Mariners really wanted to try, they could just bring up their prospects and get a couple of guys in the rotation and see what happens. Uh, maybe catch some lightning in a bottle. The Rangers are going to suck. They're going to be like the Pirates. But, I mean, it, it could be a four-team race if the Mariners felt like throwing their hat in the ring. But uh, I don't expect that to happen because they, they have a plan of what they're doing. But, anyways, uh, that is everything for me. Um, where can the people find you on social media? Where can they find your podcast and uh, your writing and all that stuff? Yeah, you can find my podcast at, uh, you can find it Locked on Angels. You can find me on Twitter at BMAGS94. And I'm writing at Crashing the Pearly Gates. Ooh, that's an Angels thing. Um, all right. Thank you so much, Brent. Uh, look forward to talking over this stuff throughout the season. Uh, hopefully, we get to see Shohei Otani pitch in a blowout with the A's winning. Um, that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Jason. No problem, man. Take it easy. 